This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Don't start! We haven't left yet! (laughs) This is episode 18. This is part two of the tales of the 1,000 milers. In this episode, I will cover the very strange Barclay matches. No, not the Barclay marathons. That will come in the next episode. The Barclay matches may be even tougher and certainly weirder. Can a person walk or run 1,000 miles in 1,000 hours, doing a mile in every hour for nearly 42 days? That was the strange question that surfaced in 1809 in England. In episode 17, I covered the attempts to reach 1,000 miles as fast as possible. This episode will cover what became known as the Barclay Match, walking a mile every hour which was a feat of enduring sleep deprivation and altering sleep patterns dramatically. Critics of these 1,000-mile events called them cruel exhibitions of self-torture that had no point except to win the empty applause of a thoughtless mob and put a few pounds into the pockets of the walkers. But others thought the matches were convincing proof that man is scarcely acquainted with his own capacity and powers. But these 1,000 miles in 1,000 hours events captivated the world, were cheered in person by tens of thousands of people, were wagered with the equivalent of millions of today's value in dollars, and launched the sport of pedestrianism in the public eye. It was first thought that this 1,000 by 1,000 feet was an impossibility, and it was called a Herculean effort. Betting was heavy and wages were nearly always against success, but during a 100-year period there were more than 230 attempts of this curious challenge and more than half were successes. How did this all begin? Robert Barclay Allardyce, or Captain Barclay of Uri, England, was born to a Scottish family in 1779. From a young age, Barclay developed into an accomplished walker and won many wagers. He also was an officer in the army and thus called captain. In September 1808, Barclay started to consider accepting a challenge to walk 1,000 miles in 1,000 consecutive hours for 1,000 guineas, a large fortune at that time, worth about 155,000 in 2019. Others had attempted this before, but no one was known to have gone longer than 30 days. Months passed, and Barclay's challenge was put together to be conducted on open land near Newmarket, England. A half-mile course was laid out to be walked out and back in a straight line. Barclay began the monotonous six-day task just after midnight on June 1st, 1809. Seven gas lamps on poles 100 yards apart were lit each evening like street lamps. He would generally start each mile about 15 minutes before the finish of the first hour and then do the next mile at the top of the second hour. In that way, he could take about a 90-minute rest before heading out again for the next two miles. He would generally have two men walking on each side of him day and night. On his first day, 
He averaged about 15-minute miles. It was said, quote, He paced along at a sort of lounging gait without any apparent extraordinary exertions, scarcely raising his feet two inches above the ground. Sounds like he was doing the ultra shuffle. For breakfast, he dined on roast fowl, drank a pint of strong ale, and two cups of tea with bread and butter. Barclay ate four meals a day after every six hours. His diet generally consisted of cold beef steaks and mutton chops for a total of five to six pounds of meat each day. For the first few days, he didn't go to bed between walking stretches and just reclined on his sofa or did a little strolling in Newmarket outside the course. By the eighth day, Barclay had walked about 135 miles. Onlookers were curious to see if he was exhausted. He wasn't and appeared to be happy with good health. At night, he was able to fall asleep instantly and arose at the right time without any trouble. At times, he was greatly bothered by the dust. On day 10, he grew very tired because of the high wind and rain. On the 12th day, he rested often, slept well, but complained about a pain in his neck and shoulders. On the 19th morning, he had difficulty walking and would lie down frequently to sleep, but his appetite continued to be very good. The next day, his legs and feet were soaked in vinegar to take away soreness. The weather was consistent for the first 20 days, with some rain about every day. After that, heat became the enemy of his walks for the second half of his long challenge, which hardened up the road. They used a water cart each day to soften up the road and pound down the dust. Crowds came to watch. It wasn't just a sporting event, it was also a social event. They held picnics and ran races among themselves. Not everyone wanted him to succeed, especially those who were betting against him. Some of the gas lamps for the night were broken by rocks or shot by muskets. Barclay carried pistols on his waist belt and arranged for a bodyguard, John Gully, a former boxing champion. On day 25, he was having great difficulty starting his miles. His attendants used remedies such as oil and camphor to rub down his painful muscles. The pain progressed down to his ankles and his legs became swollen. On the 26th day, he fell into a deep sleep state, and it was apparent he was still asleep as he began his 607th mile. His attendant, William Cross, had to beat him on the shoulders with a walking stick in order to wake him up in time to complete his task within the hour. On day 32, he needed help getting to his feet after resting. His mile time slowed to well over 30 minutes, making it hard for him to get any rest. He soon had so much pain, he kept crying out and walking in a shuffling manner. It was said his courage was unconquerable. By day 35, he had doubts if he could continue because of the spasms in his legs, but with a few days to go, he was very confident about succeeding. It was reported he declared he would die on the road rather than give in. During the last two days of his long journey, he was in good spirits and completed his miles in shorter times than he had for many days. The crowd of people during the concluding days had been unprecedented. No lodging could be found anywhere in the Newmarket area. The course became so crowded that Barclay was interrupted often, and they finally had to rope off his walking area to keep it clear. 
On the afternoon of the 42nd day, his last day, he finished his last mile with perfect ease and great spirits amidst an immense concourse of spectators. The crowd went wild. His bodyguard led the masses in three rousing cheers. When he was asked what he planned to do now that it was all over, he said he looked forward to taking a long, good sleep. But he said he would need to be wakened about three times during the night to transition into longer sleep. Right after finishing, he went and took a warm bath as the bells of New Market rang loudly. He won an enormous sum of 16,000 guineas. All bets exceeded 100,000 guineas or about 8 million in 2019 dollars. During the six weeks of walking, he lost about 32 pounds and his fastest mile was a 12 minute mile. Captain Barkley had proven that 1,000 by 1,000 could be done, but it was thought no one else could do it. The fame of Barkley's accomplishments spread like wildfire. A 1,000 mile craze erupted instantly in 1809. It became known as the Barkley Match. History had been made. Some later called Barkley the father of pedestrianism. Within a week of Barclay's 1809 finish, others attempted to copy him and took up the match, but a long string of failures resulted. This next story is crazy. A large man in Ireland weighing 280 pounds took on a wager to accomplish the Barclay match, quote, to walk over a thousand miles in a thousand successive hours. The betting odds were 50 to 1 against him. A report included... The portly personage who was to be the hero in this extraordinary scene waddled forth to the racecourse. All eyes were eagerly affixed upon him, and just as they thought he was about to start, he pulled out of his pocket a sheet of paper on which was written the words, A thousand miles in a thousand successive hours. He laid it on the ground and then deliberately walked over it, to the astonishment and chagrin of the deluded beholders. A universal murmur was immediately set at this hoax, and many swore that they could not be walked over in this kind of manner, but demanded their stakes be returned. It being the opinion of the umpires, however, that the wager was fairly won, the winner immediately pocketed the money and walked off. In Scotland, a young clergyman decided to do his own version of the Barclay match by reading six chapters of the Bible every hour for 1,000 successive hours. It was reported, after pursuing his ridiculous task for 13 days and nights, he had fallen into a profound sleep or trance from which he has never yet awoke, although it is evident that he still lives. In 1811, it was reported, but not widely known, that Thomas Standen, age 60, of Salehurst, England, successfully completed the Barclay match at Newmarket and extended it to 1,100 miles in 1,100 hours. The event did not receive wide coverage or crowds. Why 1,100 miles? Many pedestrians wanted to one-up Barclay. They could not do it faster, but they could do it further and attempt variations that require their rest times to be shorter and more frequent, pushing the limits of sleep deprivation. 
1815, Josiah Eaton was a baker from Woodford, England. He was a small man, only five foot two, and he announced that he would attempt the Barclay match but add more to it and walk 1,100 miles in 1,100 hours, not realizing that Standen had already accomplished this extended feat four years earlier. There was a lot of skepticism whether he or anyone could duplicate or exceed what Barclay had accomplished. Eaton started on November 10th, 1815 in front of a huge crowd. As Eaton went along well, unsubstantiated rumors emerged that he wasn't walking at night. To counter this, Eaton made a statement. I will, for 100 guineas, give up the distance now performed and commence again with the assertion of such malicious falsehood if he will enter the lists against me. Eaton successfully finished the Barclay match plus 100 more miles on December 26, 1815. Within two weeks, he was disappointed to discover that he had not been the first person to accomplish 1,100 miles in 1,100 hours. Because Eaton did not receive money for all his effort, he was still just a poor baker. Within a month, he was in debtor's prison for not being able to pay a debt. Next, it started to get a bit ridiculous. Later in 1816, Eaton's friends accepted a wager of 500 guineas that he could walk 2,000 half miles in 2,000 successive half hours. This would involve only getting about 22 minutes of rest each half hour, requiring an outrageous sleep pattern for nearly 42 days. Eaton started on October 23, 1816. He walked on a quarter mile out and back path near a private home where he took his rests. Umpires were always on hand to witness the effort. Within a couple days, a Mr. Petty Sessions was trying to get magistrates to stop the match because of the inconvenience it was causing locally from the crowds coming to watch. With 10 days, the newspaper was calling Eaton the sleepwalker, and it was said he frequently takes a few winks during walking. As he was getting close to reaching the 2,000 half miles, he issued a shocking statement. I feel myself fully competent to complete the task I was undertaken of walking 2,000 half miles in 2,000 successive half hours, which would have been finished on the 5th of December at noon. But being deceived by the gentleman who should have supported me, I am determined not to complete the task. I therefore hereby give notice I shall walk only till 11 o'clock on Thursday, December 5th, 1816, being only 1,998 half miles, and recommend all parties to consider their bets to be null and void. Wow. <laughs> the problem was Eaton had been promised money from several men if he accomplished the task. But as he was nearing the finish, he discovered that they were not going to follow through. He was even told that the main person had died and that the bet was void. Eaton realized that he had been duped, that actually no serious bet had been made. He stopped, as he promised, with one mile to go. In all, he received 25 guineas, which didn't come close to covering his expenses. Despite the halt, his 1998 by 1998 half-mile effort was declared the greatest pedestrian feat ever performed. But next, it started to become truly stupid. 
In 1818, Eaton started an attempt to walk a quarter mile every 15 minutes for six weeks, which would be 4,032 quarter miles, in Stowmarket. He began his outrageous attempt on May 11, 1818. Wet weather affected his performance early on, making him very tired and lame, but he recovered. Eaton was successful and finished on June 30, 1818. He was paraded through the streets of Stowmarket in front of a crowd of 2,000 people. Yet another flavor of the Barclay match took place in September 1816. N.B. Barnett, aged 72, started a 1,500-mile attempt in 32 days. He was successful with 45 minutes to spare. Along the way, he achieved 1,000 miles by doing 1.5 miles every hour, starting at the first of every hour. Robert Skipper took care of horses at an inn in Norwich, England. In 1822, Skipper attempted to do 1,000 miles in 1,000 half hours. He performed his task on a public road half a mile out and half a mile in. He was successful. Thousands were on hand to witness the finish, including many dukes and lords. When he finally was able to sleep solid for five hours after finishing, it made him pretty ill because his body couldn't adjust fast to the continuous sleep. In July 1838, J.E. Malloy, about age 30, successfully completed walking 1,250 miles in 1,000 hours, walking 1.25 miles every hour at Bromley Common. It took its toll. Quote, he appeared greatly fatigued and seemed much swollen, particularly about the legs and feet, from want of proper rest. In August 1938, Charles Harris, a 14-year pedestrian veteran, attempted to go 1,750 miles in 1,000 hours, or 1.75 miles per hour. And he did it at Battersea Fields in London. His method was to walk 3.5 miles each session spanning the hour boundary. After 400 miles, his spirits were good, but he was struggling. He had to walk through a terrible storm with high winds and penetrating rain showers that sadly annoyed him. At 1,464 miles, Harris was still in good spirits, but it was reported his physical energies were beginning to fail. He no longer walked with a firm and vigorous step. During rains, he had caught a bad cold and was coughing violently. He had terrible sores and blisters on his feet and was limping. His sleeping patterns were poor, getting him very little sleep. He successfully completed his feat on December 3, 1838. He received warm congratulations and his friends paraded him around on a chair led by flags and a band playing music. Richard Banks, the Warwickshire Antelope, was born in 1818 during the first decade of the Barclay Match craze. He became a professional pedestrian in 1843 and accomplished his first 1,000 by 1,000 in 1850. In 1851, things got pretty ridiculous as he took on a challenge to do three consecutive matches. 1,000 quarter miles in 1,000 quarter hours, 1,000 half miles in 1,000 half hours, and then the traditional Barclay match of 1,000 miles in 1,000 hours for a total of 
1,750 miles in nearly 73 days. The bizarre sleep deprivation challenge was held at Barrack Tavern Grounds at Sheffield, England. He started on June 23, 1851, waving to a large crowd. His bedroom was 12 yards from the course. Thousands of spectators came to watch. He completed his 1,000 quarter miles on July 4th, then rested only 12 minutes and started his half miles. He had already lost 25 pounds. The newspaper recorded, When aroused from his bed, though staggering, he persisted in going his rounds, although it required two men to be with him and followed to steer him on his course and keep him awake. Manx declared that he would succeed or die. The local paper believed he was walking himself to death. On July 25th, he finished his half-mile challenge, then started his first full mile. As he neared 1,750 miles, it was estimated that nearly 160,000 people had come to watch him during the previous few days. He wowed the crowd by doing a 756-mile and raced against other pedestrians who came to visit. On one of his last days, he was so disoriented that he walked into a wall which caused bruises from head to knee. On his final mile, the shouts and applause of the massive crowd could be heard from far away. The newspaper declared, Thus was finished the greatest feat ever contemplated by man. James Searless of Leeds, England, was born in 1819. He was called The Wonder and was an experienced Barclay match walker. On September 20th, 1852, Searless, a rival of Richard Manx, began his attempt to walk 2,000 miles in 2,000 half hours on a round track that involved seven laps to a mile near the Pineapple Inn in Liverpool, England. During the first week, it was reported, quote, One astonishing feature in connection with the pedestrian is that he rises from bed at a fixed time without requiring any person to rouse him and starts on his journey apparently quite refreshed. The crowds were very large and promoters raised admission on Sundays. One night, a man wanted to see if Surlis was really still walking. He climbed to the top of a railing surrounding the grounds and fell over into a pond. Searless walking at the time heard the splash in the dark and rushed to help the man get out of the pond. He won over his skeptical spy, who said Searless was the cleverest man in Europe. He finished on November 1st, 1852, and had lost nearly 30 pounds along the way. It was said, the match may be considered one of the most extraordinary ever recorded in the annals of pedestrianism. The public started to get rather skeptical in recent years if these matches were being conducted fairly. It was written, quote, Deception had been often practiced by persons engaging to accomplish the distance in the time named, and with the collusion of others the cheat may be easily played off. Some were charades to attract spectators that were charged entrance to watch the walker performed in enclosed areas. Some walkers in these enclosed areas had been accused of stopping during the nights. In 1877 at Lilybridge, William Gale, age 52, 
twice accomplished the most terrible sleep-deprived Barkley match, going 1,000 miles in 667 hours by doing a quarter mile every 10 minutes. Gail started walking about 3.30 quarter miles. He soon suffered from terrible headaches, congested ears, and pained legs. By the second week, his sleep patterns had adjusted and he could sleep comfortably for about four to five minutes between his walks. He would fall asleep at once in a sitting position and woke up instantly on being touched. For each 24-hour period, he slept about a total of three to four hours. Sometimes he didn't know where he was. He thought he was out in the country in a farmyard. More than 10,000 people came to watch him reach his 1,000th mile. He walked his last quarter mile in 2 minutes and 4 seconds. There was harsh criticism in the newspapers about his accomplishment. Gale's walk of 1,000 miles was a disgusting as well as cruel exhibition of self-torture. He accomplished his task and may claim that the barren honor of having done more than any other pedestrian, but no one would be surprised to hear that the unnatural strain which he put on himself had brought himself to a premature grave. There is nothing to learn from such exhibitions, save they are positively injurious, physically and morally. Women also attempted and achieved the Barkley match, and perhaps more than men. Their achievements were rarely covered widely as compared to the men. Women were not allowed to do walking events in many venues, and thus were conducted in more private settings. In 1844, the first known woman walked 1,000 miles in 1,000 hours. She was Mrs. Harrison, age 50, who walked on the Leeds and Whitehall Road. One of the most widely covered walk by a woman was accomplished by Emma Sharp, age 30, of Bowling, England, who started her walk on September 17, 1864 at Bradford, England, near a pub. She chose to be sensibly dressed like a man. She used a roped-off 120-yard course and walked a mile at the end of an hour and another at the top of the next hour. Unlike other attempts by women, thousands came out to watch and place bets. Early on, she suffered from swollen ankles and became stronger as she went along. As occurred to many of the men walkers, shady characters attempted to stop her. She was attacked with chloroform, burning embers were thrown at her, some attempted to drug her food, and others tried to trip her. During the final days, 18 police officers, not in uniform, disguised as civilians watched over her and attempted to catch these criminals. One friend walked in front of her with a loaded rifle at night. Emma finally walked the last two days carrying a pistol, which many times she would fire in the air as a warning. Sharp finished successfully her 1,000 by 1,000 on October 29, 1864, in front of a thousand spectators. Her husband had been embarrassed with her manlike efforts and stayed out of the public view. But once he realized how much money she won, he quit his job and started his own business. The Barclay match eventually made its way to America in 1842. Captain Thomas Ellsworth, the St. Louis pedestrian, accomplished the first ever American Barclay match near Boston, Massachusetts on a one-mile Cambridge trotting course. 
He again accomplished 1,000 by 1,000 in 1843 at Chelsea, Massachusetts, in 1845 at New Orleans, Louisiana, and 1851 at St. Louis, Missouri, and for his fifth time in 1855 at Sacramento, California. He became the most prolific Barkley match walker in American history. Other Americans completed the match in those early years. The match that received the most attention in America was performed by the very famous American pedestrian, Daniel O'Leary. He was 63 years old when he took on the challenge on September 8, 1907 at Norwood Inn in Norwood, Ohio, near Cincinnati. Doctors were very curious about this attempt and didn't think it could be done, not realizing that dozens had accomplished it in years past. O'Leary was also claiming that this would be a record of some sort, but it wouldn't be. O'Leary walked each mile at the top of each hour. After 200 miles, he was not showing the least sign of the strain. But soon, the mental strain of it all affected him. As he started his third week, 5,000 people came to watch on that Sunday. At mile 600, he was described as being haggard and showing signs of tremendous strain on his nervous system. Doctors advised that he take a little bit of stimulants. At mile 925, the doctors pronounced him to be in first-class condition, considering all the miles he had walked. Thousands came out to watch his final day. A walking carnival was held, including a ladies' walking contest, a 10-mile relay walk, and a free-for-all boys' walk. At the finish, O'Leary said he felt all right and only lost 14 pounds. He won $5,000 and the gate receipts were considerable. Eventually, the Barkley match was condemned by many and died out. In the modern era of ultra running, others completed the Barkley match successfully. It reappeared in the late 1980s in Australia when Ron Grant and Trevor Harris began outdoing one another, going distances far further than 1,000 miles. Grant eventually managed to do 1.86 miles each hour for 1,000 hours. Two years later, Craig Rowe exceeded this with 1.96 miles each hour for 1,000 hours. In 2003, four men and two women took on the traditional Barkley match at the Flora 1000 Mile Challenge starting at Blackheath Common in England. Never before had so many attempted it simultaneously in a competition. Medical experts predicted that the strain would cause delusion and mental exhaustion. The event was started on March 2, 2003 by Prince Andrew, and competitors went from place to place on the London Marathon route, shuttled by a bus each day. They walked or ran and were paid a minimum wage for each hour, 6.75 pounds. <laughs> they lived in a bus 24 by 7 for nearly six weeks. It was a coach similar to the kind used by touring rock bands. They ran for two miles at a time at the bottom and top of each hour, as Barkley did nearly 200 years earlier. On one day, Sharon Gator took a wrong turn and had to run a six-minute mile in order to return to the bus before the hour was finished. Five finished, and then they all headed out to run the London Marathon. So apparently the Barkley match still lives on. Perhaps after reading this, more will give it a try. Good luck.
With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances. Thank you.